Before we jump into today's conversation, let's take a moment to acknowledge our amazing sponsor, the Academy of Therapy Wisdom. Oh my gosh, we love this platform. They're the place I go now for all my CEUs. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Please join us for our next live online workshop, Integrating Mind and Heart, April 3rd through 6th of 2024. This is an experiential, active workshop designed to engage you in brain states that promote relational learning. If you want to get closer, say the things that usually go unspoken and trust each other and yourself to get through the hard moments. This is the workshop for you. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to learn more and register. Welcome to the Why Doesn't My Partner podcast. I'm Jules. I'm Vicki. And I'm Rebecca. We're your hosts. We're also couples therapists and messy humans bumbling through our own relationships every day. We met through our training and practice of relational life therapy. Between us, we have more than 40 years of experience holding hard relational questions with our clients. We're going to bring those questions here. And together, we're going to take a stab at answering those questions. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy. If something you hear in this episode stirs something deep within you about your relationship, reach out to a couples therapist in your area. We also love to hear your questions, so don't forget to go over to whydoesmypartner.com and leave us a question of your own. Here's today's question. Why doesn't my partner tell me when they're upset? Because we're completely conflict avoidant. (laughs) I say that as a person who tends towards conflict avoidance. though. I am being totally serious. I know you are. And I actually find myself thinking, I don't even know if I am or am not like that. You're totally conflict avoidant, Vicky. Am I? (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Like I don't get quiet. I just give in to everything. So there's no conflict. That's right. We can be conflict avoidant in a lot of ways. So it could be that we get conflict avoidant by being upset and sitting on resentment, but not saying anything. Or it could be that we conflict avoidant, like, I'm not going to tell you when I'm upset. And then I can put it away. I kind of forget about it. But what happens is I have less and less and less closeness to you. And I find myself telling you less and less. Like I find myself Mm. not telling you my whole truth. And then we, it's not, it's not like, it's not like I'm actively upset every moment, but it's like when the upsets happen, I don't say anything. I don't tell you my whole truth. And then we end up fading away from each other and getting further and further and further away. Yeah. And I'm kind of sitting here thinking that sometimes like my partner might not tell me, or I might not tell my partner or like whoever we're talking about. It doesn't have to be me in my relationship, mm-hmm. but Part of the reason also could be, it doesn't feel good to notice when I'm upset. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to sit in my own feelings. They're really freaking uncomfortable. Right. So it's not even that, um, I'm avoiding, conflict. I'm avoiding conflict. It's more like I'm avoiding the distress in me. Mm-hmm. 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 It could be that every time my partner brings up conflict, I'm so defensive, it goes nowhere. And so they have stopped. And it could also be that the fights between us get so freaking big, right? If it's super explosive or if it turns into like some desert for three or four days, every time we have a thing. So it's like the implosion instead of the explosion. 
but then it's not worth it to bring up upset mm-hmm. and then I'll avoid it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe when they do bring it up, you don't hear them. Totally. Like they're trying to bring it up and they may bring it up skillfully and maybe not. I don't know about that. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or maybe, maybe they're in the ways that they're bringing it up. Like it's just, maybe they are really trying to. Yeah. And, and, and you're not picking up on it. You're not yeah, catching yeah. it. Totally. And, and it could help for them to maybe write down on a very large high pink sign. <laughs> I'm upset. <laughs> I would like to speak to you about that. And is for this, all of wait, you wait, at wait, home, is, if you listen this like, to this with your partner, I think we should have a whole bunch of people writing, I'm upset on really huge pink posters. <laughs> Are we talking about like a pale pink or a fluorescent pink? I think fluorescent, but I say you mm-hmm. do you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just has to be pink. So not too much of you do you. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be pink. You could make it a different color, but do make it bright enough that it would catch someone's attention. <laughs> I'm totally wondering what he would do right now. If I like, not right now, right now, I'm not going to go downstairs with a big old sign, but, um, because I'm not, but I'm yeah. wondering what he would do next time if I just walked into the room with a sign. I'm, I'm holding my arms up. I'm upset. Sign. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking of my dear, almost teenage daughter who texts me. I'm mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> She's really good at direct communication. She's really good at it. You made a sign. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of exclamation points. Totally. And we could have grown up in families that there was no friction. I was just going to say that. Right. Or the only thing I did see was explosion. So now I'm freaked out by it. Mm -hmm. So I could be, I don't, I'm not necessarily conflict avoidant because I'm afraid something's going to go wrong between us. I'm afraid because everything in my history tells me that's a terrible plan (laughs) to tell someone you're upset. I didn't learn in childhood that you can work through the problems. Right. That's what you're you're alluding to, Jules, is that Mm -hmm. you didn't, um, because there's no trust and repair, no trust and repair. Well, because there like wasn't repair. Right. So either Mm -hmm. was an implosion of a desert for three days or an explosion. Mm -hmm. Neither of those is healthy. Have we talked Mm -hmm. about how we gain and learn that trust? Like, have we had the tronic conversation around? I yeah. don't know. Maybe we have, if we have it, whether we have or haven't, whether let's we have, have it again. Yeah. Because you yeah. can't go over this information enough. No. So, so there's, there's this research out there. Um, Ed Tronic, Claudia Gold, there's this research out there about how important discord is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that, um, that we're not supposed to get it right all the time. Like we actually need to have discord in our relationships in order to build intimacy and trust. Yes. And trust both ways. Trust in the resiliency of relationship and also trust in the resiliency of self. So if I have not had practice in mm. moving through a very difficult frictiony feeling and then being okay whether it's in me or between us or both is preferable, right? If that happens over and over and over again, I'm going to have erosion of trust. I don't have trust built up. It's not even an erosion of trust. It's like a, a deficit of trust from the beginning. So right. if I don't have enough no friction to grow, exactly. So if I don't have enough friction in my coupleship, right? What's going to happen is I don't trust I can handle negative feelings and I don't trust we, we. can handle my upset feelings and be okay. And so I'm, I'm not having trust in me and I'm not having trust in us. 
And maybe I'm not having trust in you too. And what's amazing about Atronic's work and Bloody Gold's work, and they wrote this book called The Power of Discord, which I is on my top recommend list for mm-hmm. everybody on their everybody. dog. Everybody. Everybody. Just everybody. No, no matter read who you are, if you're a human, read it. Yeah, totally. Oh, I guess if you're Jules's dog too. Also my dog. <laughs> I read it to Layla out loud. So, <laughs> so the brilliance of it is it's talking about what happens, not just when we don't risk moving through that friction and into repair, how much trust is gone, but also if we never risk it, that there is no intimacy and there is no trust in the relationship. Because we don't have evidence that we could be matched. Well, matched and then mismatched and then come back and have a shared reality again. Mm -hmm. Not a shared reality perfectly, but a shared reality enough to feel seen, to feel gotten, to feel not alone in this world. So when we don't have that, what we're missing really is intimacy. So if you're out there, you're listening to this and you do not tell your partner when you're upset, you can keep doing that. That's really fine. But know this, you are making a choice to have less intimacy than is possible for you. That means you're making a choice to be less known, less alone, less um, resourced in yourself, a, a smaller feeling of resiliency in your own system. Like that's the choice if we avoid discord. You're missing the opportunity to connect. You're yeah. missing the opportunity to build trust in your own ability to mm-hmm. get through hard stuff. And maybe this is because you have no reason to believe you have that ability. Mm-hmm. Like based on your family and growing up, it didn't happen. Right. And so you you walk into your romantic, this current romantic relationship, like not necessarily set up to fail, but with these concerns. So you don't show when you're upset, you don't work through the repair. And so it's a self, not it, it repeats the cycle. Well, you don't, yes. you don't have a map for it. Right. right. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. absence of that map that like it, we can survive hard things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, we need, we need some kind of framework to place that on. And if we grew up in homes where everything was hard and there was no reprieve from that and it was all chaotic, or if we grew up in homes where everything was kind of Pollyanna like, and it, or swept under the rug mm-hmm. and not talked about, right. We, we might not have maps for how can we get through hard things together. And therefore not have trust in our, our own ability individually in our, right. mm-hmm. to get through hard things and in relationship to survive hard things. Hmm. Yeah, it's sad. I know. Yeah. I know. You know what it's, I find what I love about this research though? Like I mm. find it, I find it so liberating when I look at it because like they, they give these percentages mm-hmm. about how often we have to kind of quote unquote get it right. Right. And, and it's like, when I see the, these numbers, right. It's like one third of the time, one third of the time. Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty low. I mean, I haven't read the book yet. I own it. I just haven't read it, but yeah, it's pretty low, which is encouraging. Yeah. Like, you know, one third of the time we want that mismatch and repair, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's mm-hmm. going to go wrong. There's going to be discord. And we turn back to each other and we figure it out and we work it through and we get back to that place where there's connection. 
mm-hmm. even if it's not perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Another third of the time, we're just in discord and we never fix it. And that's okay. We're just going to move on. We just, it's okay to move on sometimes. It's okay to move on. You do not have Mm -hmm. to fix every single thing, every single time. It's okay. Third of the time, it could just be like, that was a miss and move on with your life. (laughs) And another third of the time, it's just magical. It's a magic. Mm. It it just works. It's a magic. It doesn't take effort. But that's only one third of the time. One third. Harmony. Harmony phase. So like last night, we had this lovely moment where I was coloring a shoe. That's my hobby. I color shoes. And um, what kind of shoes? I just make heads. <laughs> I okay. like a sneakers, like heads. I make little yeah. designs on them and then I color them very intricately. I'll make you a pair. Anyway, okay. so um, you'll have to get your shoe size later. I'll, I'll make you guys shoes. Um, Thank you. So I color shoes for fun and I'm watching the British baking show. And my husband comes and sits with me and he brings me a little whiskey. And he says, I'm I'm, I'm like back in like coloring shoes, watching the British baking show. This sounds like a delicious, amazing moment. And by the way, he had been watching some sports show in a different room and he comes in and he has this little whiskey and he sits down next to me. He goes, so tell me about these guys. Who's winning? Who do you like? Who's going to be the best baker this week? Who's going to be a star baker? Oh, that was a moment of harmony. Yeah. Yes. We were distant before that. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to talk about that to come back into harmony. You don't need to fix the moments of separateness every time. Yeah. Yes. I totally agree. But I'd also want to add, not a but, it's an and, mm-hmm. that separate isn't always discord. Separate is not always discord. Because I don't know that when you guys were thinking- in discord last night. No, not really. But <laughs> well, <laughs> well, hold on a minute. Because- yes, but I'm actually leaning into Edtronic's research on this. Okay, is so the up. the research the research is actually around when are you matching, when are you mismatched, and then when do you come back together and how mm-hmm. into back into matched. So when you're watching even different just shows, even just doing rooms, different shows, different rooms, we're mismatched. <clears throat> okay. So it's not that anything was wrong or anybody was upset. Nobody was upset. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Yeah. Nobody was upset, but we were mismatched in that moment. Now, sometimes mismatch also comes with upset. Right. Yes. And when it does, man, is it helpful to you and your own resilience and helpful to your relationship? If you can say that out loud, right. but nobody Let's- has a map for that because mm-hmm. we live in a world that does not do this well. Does somebody want to give our people a map? Yeah. Because we have a map. We have a map. (laughs) This is, this is one of like my favorite things about relational life therapy is, Mm -hmm. is this map, right? Um, And for those of you who know nonviolent communication, this map is going to feel really familiar. This map is not original. Like this map has been coming. I just want to give a shout out for lots of different spaces. This is one incarnation of the map. Right. Where different Mm -hmm. ways of communicating upset have come to be. Right. And so, so I think let's just name that one of the most important things in all healthy relationships in all respectful relationships is Mm -hmm. feedback. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. And so if we're talking your truth about your experience, Mm -hmm. yeah, not just of you, but of interactions between you of stuff that's happening with them. And it turns out there's like healthy ways of doing that. Yes. Totally. And there are some less effective ways of doing that. Mm-hmm. Do you mean like 
saying you're a terrible human is bad. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and, and I want to take, can I take it a step further? Yeah. Like in the moments where I say things like you always, you never, mm-hmm. right. Fill in the blank, anything after that. Right. right. But like, you mm-hmm. always do this. Mm-hmm. You never do that. Mm-hmm. Or right? like, this is what you do. This is your pattern. <clears throat> that was my quote. Mm-hmm. Or how about you are mm-hmm. a, mm-hmm. right? Like when, when, when the thing that you have done becomes who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. All of that would be not good. Yeah. One thing that I think is really hard for people to wrap their heads around, and by the way, feels in the moment for a lot of people deeply unfair, um, is that, ouch, um, you can't have two speakers hmm. and have someone yeah. listen. I was going to say separate roles. Yeah. They're this is it, It's like, it's a one-way street, right? So yeah. when somebody is talking... I have I shared this. I don't think I've shared this on the podcast. I know I talk about it in our boot camp, but um, I'm, I'm borrowing this from Haiti Schleifer's work, where she talks about how you have like a host and a visitor, and you both have your baggage, and one of you you have to one of you is going to walk over this tiny, really, really narrow bridge to the other's land, but you have to leave your bags behind, and you can't bring them with you because this bridge is so narrow that you can only bring yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you arrive there, your job is just to learn about this other person's world. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. That's, so if that's your partner comes to you with upset, our recommendation is to try to leave your baggage and what's wrong on your side at the other side of the bridge for now, because you're being in service. Right. But, but really I want to give people like a quick map for how to talk about it. Yeah. And the first piece of that map is contracting. I'd like to talk about something Mm -hmm. that is a little bit hard for me Mm -hmm. or that feels frictiony between us. Is now an okay time? Is now a good time? So I don't think we often contract. I think we often come at each other. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I think contracting is now an okay time is really helpful. And if the listener is not prepared and the answer is no, they need to give a time that is a good time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like just because my partner comes to me doesn't mean I have to stop everything I'm doing right now and listen if I'm not prepared for it. Right. So let me break that down. So let's say we're dating Vicky and you're mm-hmm. upset about something. You Go ahead and ask date all me. Of us. I do. I'm going to be like, <laughs> love is with all of you. So let's imagine Vicky that we're dating and you're upset. Go ahead and give me the invite and I'll give a no and instead mm-hmm. of just a no. I'd like to talk with you about something going on for me. Is now an okay time? Actually, babe, I've got so much going on right now. Could I swing back to you later tonight? How much later? Let's say before 10 p.m. Sure. Thank you. Okay. That was beautiful. Easy peasy. That was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And then there is, there is a way that you can bring it up in a way that's a little less mm, accusy. <laughs> if you're upset, <laughs> that's a good word. you don't want to be accusy. I think I just made up that word. I like that word. I think it's I the do word like that, that, that word. It captures kind of the work of it. Mm-hmm. Apparently we can make up words. Or blamey. <laughs> blamey. 
I know I don't want to be blaming. I want to tell you what's wrong for me and my point of view, but I don't want to do it in a way that's attacking or accusing or putting it all on you. Because I want you actually to hear me. Mm-hmm. And I want I want us to walk away from this, like with you having an understanding about why I'm upset. And mm-hmm. if I, depending on how I do this, it's very possible that all that might show up from you is defense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. So the map starts with observation. The map starts with observation. So the map is observation, story I made up about my observation, Mm -hmm. how those two things came together, what happened plus my story, to create a feeling, or maybe more than one feeling in me, and then a request. What I would like for you, right, from you, right, this second. And can I back up to the observation? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think it's important to note that like that observation, first of all, all of these pieces, all of these little prompts we're giving you, they're, they're brief, right? We don't want you to go on and on. One to two sentences tops. You get a sentence a piece. Yeah. And two, when you're offering that observation, we want to keep it like if there was a video camera in the room, Mm -hmm. what did it see? Right. So when you came in and you were angry is not an observation. Nope. Nope. When you came in, slammed the door, door and then didn't say hello is an observation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then the story I made up about that. So let's do the angry entry. Yeah. So the story I made up about that is... You were, were still ups- you were still upset about the thing with mm. my mother from yesterday. And then I thought, you're never going to forgive me for not choosing my mom or ch- always choosing my mom over you and blah, 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 blah. Like I could go on with the story, but we want to keep it short. Right. Yep. I was going to say, you're not allowed to go on. I know. Keep it short. Yeah. Right? One to two sentences. So the story I made up is you were still pissed off at me about the thing yesterday with my mom. That's good. And, and when you put that together, what do you get? I felt guilty and uh, scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right now, I'd love to know what actually happened when you came in. It would help me to know where you are. That's like, okay, um, so, so now I know what you need for me. Yeah. I just gave you a map of what I need. Yeah. And that's, Mm -hmm. I think, the key about this, right? Because so much of this work is like, how can I, when I'm giving you this information, when I'm sharing this feedback, how can I tell you what you can do to help me? Mm -hmm. And it Mm -hmm. needs to be now and positive and it could be an apology. That's not a problem. But if it's an apology, then say what I'd like is an apology. And a plan about how we can do this differently in the future. Yeah. For example. Mm-hmm. So the thing that you're asking for needs to be able to be done now. So I'm not asking you to do something different in the future. I'm asking for a plan about how you might support right. yourself in doing something different in the future. Yeah. Yeah. So that is what we call the feedback wheel. And I think it's super important for everybody to kind of 
play with and mm-hmm. find their comfort zone inside of. I find mm-hmm. for my people that it's helpful to sometimes write it down first, the first few mm-hmm. times to kind of find their language and find the the skill of practicing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's another side of it, right? And so I think in next week's episode, we're going to talk about that other side. Yeah, because we have a good question coming next week. We'll see yeah. you guys soon. Take good care. Bye-bye. Take care of each other best you can. Bye. That wraps up this week's episode. Join us again next week for another Why Does My Partner? We hope that you continue to listen wherever you get your audio and that you'll follow the show. To go deeper, join us at our boot camp. You'll find the next date at whydoesmypartner.com. Did you know you could ask us your question? Your questions are relational gold. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to either write in or record your question for a future episode. We want to tell you more about our sponsor, Therapy Wisdom. Jules is one of their amazing educators, and you can also find teachers like Janina Fisher, Bessel van der Kolk, Deidre Fay, and Akila Riley-Richardson, plus a bunch of people you might not have heard of, but will definitely want to start following once you take their courses. And because you listen to us, the Therapy Wisdom team is offering a secret code to give you free access to one of my one-hour wise conversations. Use the code WDMP at checkout. If you're a licensed therapist, coach, healer, or someone who's invested in doing the deep work of personal healing and want to learn about topics like neurobiology, supporting trauma healing, incorporating intersectionality and somatic work, then this is the place for you. Discover some of the most heart-led and quality courses available in a community of people who are invested in spiritual growth, equity, inclusion, and developing expert-level clinical skill. Visit therapywisdom.com or click the link in the show notes and use the WDMP discount code. Thanks, Therapy Wisdom. We love you.